You're listening to the Everyday Addict Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Ariel. The information, opinions, or references shared are not meant to treat or diagnose any medical, mental health, or addiction issue. It's informational and educational only. If you struggle with mental health or addiction issues, please seek help from your doctor, mental health professional, or addiction specialist. Let's get on to the show. Welcome back to The Everyday Addict. I'm Brian, and this week we're going to discuss something called motivation. And we definitely know when we're not motivated, but how are we able to identify when we are motivated? How can we define and put our finger on that thing that says this is motivation? Now, we can look to the dictionary. Dictionary Dictionary.com says it's a noun. And it's the actor instance of motivating or providing a reason to act in a certain way. Well, okay, great. What does that mean, though? Well, it's the state or condition of being motivated or having a strong reason to act or accomplish something. Even better, right? And it's even further says something that motivates an inducement or incentive. So why do we do what we do? What is the inducement or the incentive And what is the reason why we're going to act in a certain way? And what is our strong reason to act or accomplish that something that we've decided we want to do? Examples. We have hundreds of examples. What are you motivated to do? That's a classic question. So what do you want to do? Uh, I don't know. Common answer, right? How is it that we know when we don't have motivation but when we're asked what is your motivation for doing something we don't know we can't identify it maybe we can identify it today through some examples i'll use an example of motivation to clean out my garage my garage is filthy there's stuff all over the place it's not something i'm really proud of but there's times i'm highly motivated to clean it and there's other times that i procrastinate Now, is procrastination laziness? Not necessarily. Procrastination can be, hey, I'm kind of overwhelmed by this right now. I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm going to take a break. And procrastination can be a good thing, believe it or not. It can be a thing that gives us a break so we can gather ourselves, put together a plan, and then execute that plan. Or if we get caught into chronic procrastination, we won't do the things that we're supposed to do. We'll seek pleasure over that thing, that task that we perceive that is causing us stress or distress. And I would even say that even though we're motivated and we might procrastinate, there might be a little perfectionism in there also, where at times we want to start something in the perfect way And we become paralyzed because we can't do it. We are motivated, but because of maybe perfectionism, we can't execute it perfectly. And if I can't start it and finishing it all in one shot, then I'm not going to do it because it's not going to be perfect the way I want it to be. And then we lose our motivation. We lose the incentive and the inducement. We've lost the state or condition of being motivated Our strong reason to act or accomplish has been taken, has gone, has vanished. Poof. Just like smoke. Gone. And then we'll continue to procrastinate. 
because the thought of being motivated can cause us stress. And we can stress over things so much so that it becomes distressing to us and we can't cope with our distress. Now, some people might say, well, this is whatever it is. I have no problem with motivation and, and I don't get distressed or I don't get stressed about things and I can accomplish stuff. All you have to do is just get off your butt and do it. Okay, that works for you. That's how you motivate yourself to do the things that you need to do when you don't want to do them. Like you bully yourself into doing them. And that's fine. You can do that. that. If that works for you, cool. But don't bully other people. And what works for you does not necessarily, is not necessarily going to work for somebody else. So don't bully people into being motivated because that doesn't work. That creates resistance. That creates resentment. That creates a fight. Guaranteed. I'd fight. I'd yell at you if you were trying to bully me into doing something that I wasn't ready to do. Motivation takes many things and it takes many different things to motivate people such as the state or condition of being motivated what is that state or condition that causes a person to be motivated to do something to accomplish or that strong reason to act on something and for my garage i haven't found that state or condition of having that strong reason to act and accomplish cleaning my garage yet. I have no incentive. I mean, it'd be nice. But let's take it from something not a garage. Let's take it something a little bit more self-improvement, right? So maybe we've gone to the doctor and the doctor tells us, you're eating too much, you need to stop. You need to go on a diet. And... Maybe we're like, well, I'm not really into the diet thing, and can I do something else? And the doctor says, well, you need to do this, otherwise you're going to die. It always seems like whenever I go to the doctor, it always goes one of two ways. And it's like, well, you need to stop doing this, otherwise you're going to, you're going to die. And I'm like, really? I'm going to die? And maybe that's me blowing it out of proportion, but it always seems like it's an adversarial thing when you go and see a doctor. Maybe I just don't see the right kind of doctor, I guess where it always feels like you're going to get a lecture and you're being bullied into changing. And you're like, well, I'm, you're not going to bully me. I'm going to fight you, just like I said. When we try to bully people into being motivated, they dig in their heels. And I know I do it. And I feel it. I feel it. I feel like I will dig in my heels. You're not going to bully me. You're not going to tell me what to do. You're not going to scare me into scared straight and scared to do the things that I need to do. And I think, I have to find the motivation. We have to find the motivation to change. We have to set that state or condition of being motivated to have that strong reason to act or accomplish the thing that we've set out to do. Now, motivation comes in two, two flavors, basically, I'm going to say. One is external motivation. The things outside of us that put pressure on us to change or to motivate us to do something such as if you want this promotion you must go take this college course or you must do something in order to get this the incentive is there for us to do better and that motivates us to get what we want but it's external one of the most common ones that always comes to my mind is with the clients that I see is I'm on probation and I have to do this thing because if I don't do it then 
you know, I'm going to be on probation for X amount of years or I have to go back to jail. And so my motivation to see you today is to get out of my consequences. That's external motivation. I'm motivated by external forces telling me I have to change. So I'm going to do it. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's what we call uh, extrinsic motivation or I like to say external motivation. Things that pressure us to change that we're not choosing to engage in. Or maybe we are. I, I mean, but those are the two that I really go with. And then there's the other flavor, which I really like, is internal motivation. Intrinsic motivation. Because that, to me, is probably the most evidence of change. I do the things that I do because I know they benefit me and I feel better about what I'm doing. I feel good about helping other people out. That is my internal motivation i get a reward for that if we're talking about sobriety the reason why i like to be sober is because i can be present with the people that i love i don't have to worry about uh, where i'm going to get my next fix i don't have to worry about hiding my drinking i don't have to worry about making excuses for my behavior and i can have a clear conscience the entire time I'm talking to someone because I don't have to remember the last lie I told in order to get out of my consequences. And that to me is more powerful than someone telling me I have to change or trying to bully me into motivating to change. So when we talk about change, it can be hard. And we, I think we've touched on that a couple of episodes that it, it's hard to change. And when we look at change, it can be scary and we can one day be very motivated to change. Because of external factors such as, hey, if you don't stop drinking, we're getting a divorce. Or if you don't stop drinking, we're going to take your kids from you. Or if you don't go to treatment, you're going to go to jail. Those are extreme cases. And unfortunately, that's kind of where I live in my day-to-day -day practice is kind of in those extreme areas. And helping people find their motivation to want to change, whether it be external or internal. In counseling and therapy, we even have a, a term called motivational interviewing where we ask people questions in a certain way so that they raise their awareness for their where they're at in their stage of change. And the stage of change comes from the trans-theoretical model by Di Clemente and their work into understanding where people stand when it comes time to change and their motivation to change. What is their motivation and where are they at on that continuum? So we think about the stages of change. We have pre-contemplation where we're not even considering that we have to change. We have contemplation where we're thinking about changing, but yet we're not ready to actually do the change, but we're thinking about it, right? And then we have preparation where we're preparing we're making the right steps in order to get down to start the change and maybe even making some moves to like change. And then we have action, which is the state of engaging in that change. We are at action. This is what we're doing. We are actually doing the things that we need to do to change. And then we have maintenance, which is after we've reached our goal, we maintain our stage of change. We maintain our progress that we have accomplished and then we also have what's the last part is relapse and recycle so where we go away from our new behaviors and then we re-engage in the old ones so when we're assessing 
where we're at in our motivation, we can look at this model. Am I ready to change or am I just thinking about change? Am I actually doing something to change? Where's my motivation at? And one person that we had talked, a colleague of mine we had talked many years ago, and they were like, well, don't you know we're at always at action to do something? That's a different way to look at it. And I'm like, what do you mean we're at action to do something? Well, maybe we're at action to be at inaction. Maybe we're working actively to be inactive into seeking motivation. I was like, oh, well, that, that kind of makes sense. So we're always at action, but what are we at action to do? So maybe I'm not at action to be motivated to work on the things that I need to change in my life. Maybe I'm just not thinking about it. I'm actively in pre-contemplation. Like it doesn't matter what I want to do because I don't see a problem. And a part of motivation is actually raising awareness of the need for change. So unless I can become motivated, I'm not going to see a a need for change. If I don't have that incentive to see that, oh, wow, the condition and state has been set. So where I need to do something in order to change, I need to become active to become motivated to actually accomplish this thing that I need to do. And before we go too far in motivation, we need to think about the things that kill motivation too, right? Such as like, if we feel overwhelmed by the task that we're motivated to do, we might do this thing called procrastinate. Now we've all heard of procrastination where we say, you know, I really should do this, but I'm just not going to. Well, that's procrastination. And in all actuality, procrastination isn't always a bad thing if we're overwhelmed. It's our way of kind of taking a break. But where procrastination becomes a problem is when we always procrastinate. Like we'll never get it accomplished. Uh, You can always think about, you know, the attic that needs to be cleaned, the um, garage that needs to be cleaned, or, you know, that one job that you just don't like doing. And so you're going to put it off because it causes you to just be repulsed or you don't want to do it. So we'll procrastinate until we come back to it and we're ready to do it again. So procrastination can give us this cooling off period where we prepare our mind and our our motivation gains to say, well, I got to get this done. I can't procrastinate anymore. This has to be accomplished. And then when we accomplish it, we push through that procrastination And we engage in that motivation, that incentive, like I accomplished this and it's off my plate. Now I don't have to worry about it or do it again until next time is rewarding in itself. But procrastination can kill motivation because we might feel bad. We might feel like we're so distressed that we're going to choose a pleasurable activity over something that we have to do. And in when we think about motivation, procrastination can come in and rob us of our motivation because we, it's going to be uncomfortable to accomplish what we know we have to or what we want to accomplish. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to push us to the point of where we don't, we're not comfortable and we don't want to do it. And we'd rather do something that's going to make us feel good and we can forget about it for a little bit. Now, if we think back to when we were younger and I know For me, I think this is probably more true that I can point to this as like 
if you get this chore done, then you can have the rest of the day to do whatever you want. I think, if I remember correctly, I think my dad had given me a job of throwing the wood into the house and stacking it. And it was probably, at most, maybe a 25 to 30 minute job. But me, being stubborn, decided to, no, I'm not going to do it. I dug my heels in. And he said, you know, if you get it done, you have the rest of the time to go do whatever you want. But I wanted to procrastinate because I found that so distressing and like I couldn't do what I wanted to do. So I sat there in the cold and did nothing and I was totally unmotivated because I was procrastinating. The thing, I chose not to do the task that I needed to do in order to get what I wanted to. And it got worse and worse and worse. I sat out there for quite a long time and I can remember my dad was like, you know, you really need to get this done. This is something that I assigned to you and you're going to do it. And then after you're done, that's fine. And I learned a hard lesson that day, you know, sitting out in the cold and um, finding my motivation to throw the wood in and stack it so I could then come in the house and then, you know, enjoy the rest of my evening, which I had frittered away on my stubbornness and my inability to really motivate myself to do that job. Granted, I was probably, I don't know, 12 or 13 and we know how 12 and 13 year olds can be they can seem like they're unmotivated and they can be full-on resistance so that's kind of like an example of procrastination right where i'm not going to do it i'm going to i want to i want to go have fun and then i'm going to do this job but where procrastination goes off the rails and kills our motivation is that we're always doing that fun thing and we never come back to do the thing that we have to do. Now, procrastination does not necessarily mean laziness. It just means we're choosing to do something of a lower value, such as something that uh, we enjoy doing over something that we have to do. So that's really where procrastination comes into and where it can rob us of our motivation to do the things that we need to do. So right now I want you to think about something that you, yourself, listening, procrastinate about. Something that you're motivated to do but you find yourself being robbed of your motivation through procrastination or doing something that is pleasurable over doing the task at hand. Think about what that might be. What is the one thing that you're motivated to do, but you can't ever get it done? You can't start it because, A, it's either I just, I just don't know where to start, and it might be a little bit of perfectionism thing, or that you've tried so many times and you failed, and so you're procrastinating because you hope that maybe it'll go away, and maybe there's not really an incentive or an inducement, something that motivates us to actually engage and do it. And maybe we don't have that strong reason to act or accomplish something because we're stuck in fear or we're paralyzed that it's not going to work out. Those are all probabilities, but which one could it be for you? Take a minute and think about it. What is the one thing that you want to get done that you can't get done? That it just seems like it never can get done. That you always find yourself doing something else a little bit more pleasurable than what that is. What's the barrier to you accomplishing and being motivated to do the task that you have to do? Why do we procrastinate? Because we don't want to feel uncomfortable. It could be. And sometimes motivation is being uncomfortable and pushing through that uncomfortableness 
until we accomplish the thing that we want to accomplish. Our goal is to do this. So I'm going to be motivated and I'm going to take it on and I'm going to do it. There's a lot of things that go into motivation. We can talk about, you know, the neurobiology of motivation, what happens in the brain and all those other things. But, you know, that's, that's for another time. What keeps us from getting to where we want to be? What is the thing that keeps someone who struggles with addiction and mental health from seeking help? Well, it'll get better. Well, I'll do it tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow never comes because I'm always going to find a more pleasurable activity to do that's going to take my mind off of what I should be doing. And then it's going to create this thing where I'm going to be fearful of starting because I know I'm not going to be able to do it. And then it actually grows into being this big hairy monster that we're afraid of. Like I can't go back. I can't start this because it's just too big of a thing. And I know I'm going to fail. And we, we psych ourselves out about change and about being motivated to change to the point of where we just kind of like give up and we kind of give in. And we're like, this is good enough. I'm cool. Until we're not again, right? Until the state or condition of being motivated and that strong reason to act or accomplish something comes back into our mind. And then we remember, well, I failed at this before, so I'm not going to be able to do it. So then I'm going to go do something pleasurable and not do the task that I have to do that I know I must accomplish. That's going to actually be beneficial for me. So we get caught in this really negative cycle, this really self-defeating cycle. And we say, well, I'm just not motivated. Well, what really it is, is I'm demotivated because through my experience, I can't accomplish anything because it seems too big and too overwhelming to do. That's valid. I've experienced that. Everybody listening has probably experienced that. To where we put things off and they become this big, like I said, a big hairy monster that we're afraid of because we think it's going to overwhelm us. It's going to get us. It's going to chew us up. And we're going to be broken and we're going to be disappointed all over again. And if I can't start it perfectly, then if I can't start it and finish it in one sitting, then guess what? I, I'm not going to do it because it's not going to be done right. And it's not going to be done the way I want it to be done. All motivational killers. And I think this leads us into finding out you know, what is my motivation? What is my incentive for seeking change? You know, is it to be a better person? Because maybe we can go on a self-discovery tour and, you know, wake up in the morning and say, make a commitment and saying, like, I want to be a better person than I was yesterday and help me with that, you know. Uh, maybe it's to be closer in your relationship with your wife or your children or your friends. What is that? How can that help you? How can you move in that direction? What is the incentive? What's the inducement? What's the state or condition of being motivated to want those things? What's the internal motivation? Is there external pressure telling you you have to change? Or is it something that you want to do because you know it will be better for you? So instead of thinking, maybe we need to do a little reframing here. Instead of looking for all the things that are bullying you to change, maybe we need to say, what, what do I want to change in my life? And how would change benefit me and how would I feel better about change and not wrestle with it and then dig in our heels and feeling bullied by change, but actually looking at it and walking with change and experiencing change and experiencing possibly something really wonderful and great. Maybe we're afraid to mention that we need to change. Maybe we're afraid to mention 
that something has to change in our relationship because I'm motivated. My incentive is to have a better relationship with someone, but yet what they're doing is not working for me. And I'm motivated because my incentive is to restore that relationship with someone, but yet they're not motivated. What can I do to help them understand my motivation for wanting to have a sober partner or sober friends or to reconnect with my children or whatever it might be? If your motivation is to change something in your life, what's the incentive? What is the reason why you're going to change? Why? What is the internal benefit to you? That you can change that, that you can do, you can actually do it. You can actually accomplish anything that you want. What is the barrier? Is the barrier self-limitation? Is the barrier chronic procrastination? Is the barrier stress and your inability to deal with stress? Those are only questions that you can answer. And hopefully... Maybe today we've gotten a little bit better insight onto what motivation is and kind of like how it ebbs and flows a little bit. But then also maybe we are inspired to try to tackle that thing that's been bugging us for a very long time or even not for that very long of time. Maybe it's just something we, we feel bad about that we need to get up off our butt and we need to do it. But we don't want to be bullied to do it. Well, let's look for that internal motivation on why we're going to be better than we were yesterday. Let's look for that internal reward that makes me feel better about accomplishing a tough task. Let's let's that's where we want to think about. That's where we're going to provide more motivation for ourselves to see greater change over time than being bullied and either being bullied by someone else or being self-bullied. So today I'm going to say don't bully yourself don't be bullied, but find that internal spark, that thing that is going to reward you and you're going to feel great about being motivated to change. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Addict Podcast. I hope you found this to be of value today and check us out on Facebook. And if you want to suggest topics or have questions about addiction or recovery, please send me an email at everydayaddict8 at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayaddict, all one word, the number eight, at gmail.com. Until next week, have a good one.